1: Well, hello, I'm Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priest for Life. Welcome to our program. Oh my goodness, are you just exhausted from all the Christmas flurry and everything? Well, of course, we're still celebrating because Christmas is not just one day, it's a whole season, right? And of course, uh, coming up in a few days will be New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And a lot of people will be out there with their noisemakers and confetti and drinking champagne toasts and really being happy to welcome a new year. And they'll be looking at the year that's passed and saying, oh, yes, happy new year, yes, new year. But not everyone is having a happy new year celebration right now, and very often uh, they feel alone and no one cares and they're, they're home alone and they have no place to go or no one to talk to because guess what, they've had an abortion loss, okay, a child, especially for men. See, very often we think of the the mom who's had that abortion and her feelings, but today we're gonna talk about the dads because very often they get pushed out of the equation, like doesn't count. It's all about the mother's decision. What about the father? Well, joining me today to help you get into this topic and to see we're gonna have great resources available for help during this program is an expert in this field. It's Kevin Burke, he's co-founder of Rachel's Vineyard along with his lovely wife, Dr. Teresa Burke. Kevin, welcome to the program.
0: Janet, great to be with you.
1: And of course, we've just had an exhaustion weekend of Christmas celebration and we're still celebrating, but like I just said, now we've got New Year's lurking mm-hmm. upon us. And I'm thinking of men that might, you know, be gonna be drinking too much. They're home mm-hmm. alone, they're drinking too much. Why? They're sad. They're thinking about their life and family and lack of thereof, like some men, the only child they ever uh, were able to, to conceive uh, with a girl was the child maybe when they were in college and they took her for an abortion and, you know, their father who was taken from them. How are those feelings percolating this time of year in particular for, for dads?
0: Well, you know, there's, there's so many things about the holidays that will, whether you like it or not, are going to connect you with that loss. Right. You know, the whole holiday is centered around welcoming this very special child who's going to be a blessing to the whole world. And you have a, that experience of at least one pregnancy, perhaps multiple pregnancies, where you, for whatever reason, said, you know, I, I'm not in a position to welcome this child. <coughs> right. And it maybe didn't mm-hmm. offer support to, the, to your partner or girlfriend or fiance or wife uh, to a particular pregnancy. And that experience, whether you realize it or not, has wounded you. And I think what I want to alert men to, whether they're isolated and alone, whether they're in a family situation now and doing their best to be good dads, this could be a time when you, are, as you mentioned, are experiencing melancholy, right. a sense of depression. Uh, perhaps you, you find yourself particularly irritable and angry. That's, mm-hmm. For men, uh, research has shown that one of the symptoms of depression in men is expressed through anger. Wow. And I think you wonder why would that be? And I think it's because we don't like to feel vulnerable emotions. Yeah, we like to be in control. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that yeah. as a man.
1: Well, but, well you, know, you know, Kevin, when you think about it, you know, women—it's okay for us to cry, right? Mm-hmm. It, tears flow; it's mm-hmm. it's acceptable. But for men, for a guy to cry, right? not that—that's he's letting his guard down, isn't he?
0: It is. It's again, it's a vulnerable position to be in, and it, vulnerable emotions don't feel masculine so we want to feel more in control, and so anger sometimes is, that, is the emotion coming out of us. Underneath that anger, there is the tears. Right. When I've been on a, a, a Rachel's Vineyard Weekend, and men attend, and they have time to unpack and tell their story, they might come in very stoic, but once they begin to trust and begin to get comfortable and the spiritual aspects of the program, you see you see very deep levels of grief and oftentimes regret for their role in the abortion right and wondering about the child that would have been born and they also do very beautifully in the healing as as well i want to make Mm -hmm. sure that we the focus is not just on the pain but the blessing of healing that can come that's right coming through the other side we'll we'll get to that
1: (laughs) yes and i want people to know if you're hurting right now you're a dad and you've had a pregnancy loss in your background where you've lost your fatherhood so to speak Mm -hmm. We have a hotline for you. Tell us about the hotline.
0: Yes, the hotline is 24 hour hotline 1 877 Hope for Me.
1: And that's the number four, hope. Number four, me. And, that and, and this is just not like uh, someone who's you know, good, a good listener. These are people who are experts, part of Rachel's Vineyard, who are experts in this field. They understand how you're feeling and they want you to call, right? Because give us an idea, like if they, if they get the courage to make that phone call, what can they expect on the other on the end?
0: The very first step is just having someone to listen. Right. Who's gonna understand what you're feeling Affirm what you're feeling, let those feelings come out. And then if you're, re- if you're interested, they're gonna, they're gonna give you uh, some guidance on how you can get help for what you're dealing with. Uh, you know, they'll give you information and resources that will help you kind of continue to go on that journey of healing. You just take that first step and make that call. And then look, if, if the call is all you do, Sometimes that's enough.
1: That's enough. And then maybe later
0: down the line you'll think about a healing program.
1: That's right. And if they just reaching out. And if they want to find the healing program, they go to abortionforgiveness.com, put in Mm -hmm. your zip code, and you'll see where's the nearest Rachel's Vineyard, right? Because you know I think very often, especially with guys, this time of year. Uh, they they probably drink too much if they're having these feelings just Mm -hmm. to mask it over Uh, gambling is another Mm -hmm. addiction right Uh, there be sports betting you know all those football games are happening no shortage of that yeah (laughs) and there's a temptation then to indulge in all that you know just veg in front of those football games and sit there and drink Mm -hmm. and wallow in this feelings of no one understands my pain Mm -hmm. so we really want them to reach out to that hotline don't we
0: Yes, uh, you also you, you could act out on that anger too. I mean, when you drink and go out to the bar, you can find yourself getting pulled into fights and things of that nature as a right. way to express that pain. That so, anger. Yeah, you want yeah. you want to kind of begin to to give permission for yourself to be able to share that. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, have a, I need to look at this part of my life. Right. Uh, you know, I need to take a second look.
1: So now you have a story you want to share with us, right, uh, of, of a dad who had yeah. some of these feelings. Uh, tell us about that, that testimony. Yeah,
0: I we I really wanted to give voice to this, this particular kind of uh, abortion loss, because a lot of times we're talking about a lot of abortion decisions. A man's like, he's like Adam in the Garden of Eden. Right. He's standing by, the woman's tempted. She bites the apple; all hell breaks loose. Right. <laughs> and so later, a man will look back on his role in the abortion, and part of it, he'll have to grieve his role, and, and yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll need either to either he was
1: them. silent and said nothing, right? Or sometimes they'll say, "Oh, well, it's up to you. Whatever you decide." Whatever That's you like decide. walking away. Right. Or sometimes they said, "Hey, I don't want to have a kid right now. We're not ready for this. You need to get an abortion." So the men, they could have been A, B, or C, one of those three roles, right?
0: Yes, and all of those roles wound a man in a core element of his identity, which is provider, protector, Right. which is just written into our DNA. Well, and that's
1: what Adam should have done in the garden. Yes. You know, Eve Eve bit the apple because where was Adam to protect her from the devil's temptation? That's right. You know?
0: Yes, she has a responsibility, of course. Of course. But man had a special role in the garden to protect her. Right. And he didn't. And a lot of abortion decisions really reflect that. But there's a group of men that understand their role of protector and they're, they're not given an opportunity to protect their child. Right. And what I would ask your audience after they hear this is, is that a traumatic experience of loss? Can men experience abortion as a trauma? Let me share this.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: This is from Jason and he's uh, kindly shared this story with us. I left the Air Force in 1993, returned to my hometown and got a job in retail. I soon ran into Andrea, a childhood friend who I hadn't seen in years. She had just moved back from New York and had a five-month-old daughter named Kelly. Andrea and I started hanging out together and our relationship quickly became sexual. I bonded with Kelly and before long we decided to get an apartment together. It didn't take long for me to realize I enjoyed family life so I asked Andrea to marry me and she agreed. We didn't make much money but I worked hard to support Andrea and Kelly and was getting frequent promotions at work. A few few years later I came home from work and Andrea told me she was pregnant. I was thrilled. Kelly was almost three years old and now she'd have a baby brother, a sister. I told everyone in our family and at work that I was going to be a daddy. At first, Andrea seemed very happy about the pregnancy. But after a few weeks, things started to change. She was saying things like, I'm not sure if we're ready for this child. We can't afford to have a baby right now. I tried to assure her we'd be fine. I offered to get a second job so I can support her and the kids. But her doubt and fears increased. And finally, she told me she was considering abortion. I was terrified. Our discussion turned into arguments, arguments turned into fights. I tried to plead with her to keep our child. She would tell me it wasn't my decision, it was her body, it was her choice. I even offered that if she had the baby, I'd raise it on my own. I went to see a lawyer to see if I could stop this, and I realized that I was powerless. Unfortunately, there was no uh, action I could take. As a father, I had no rights, and it was ironic that a man could go to jail for not paying child support, but I couldn't protect my unborn child. It was on February 25, 1995 that my life changed forever. Andrea had gone to the clinic and had the abortion while I was at work. Her sister, Kathy, had paid for the procedure and was the one who told me that it was done. The last thing I remember after hearing the news was lying in the parking lot of, of a bar, screaming at the top of my lungs. I have no recollection of how I got home or how many days passed before I moved back with my parents. The next several months were a blur. Eventually, our relationship collapsed and she moved out. My depression got worse. I was angry all the time at everything and everyone. I was drinking heavily. I started using drugs. I was also having trouble sleeping at night and my job performance began to suffer. I was stricken with panic, panic attacks and was hospitalized for a time. Finally, I reached a point where I felt there was no hope. I figured no one would ever understand. I must be crazy for even feeling this sense of loss and I would never get better. Life was no longer worth living, so I sat in my dining room table with the last bottle of sleeping pills I had. This will be easy, I thought to myself. I'll just swallow the pills, lay down, fall asleep, and never wake up. I poured the pills into my hand, and as I raised them to my mouth, I was overcome with the feeling of intense warmth over my entire body and complete peace. My mouth was open, my hand was only a few inches away. I sat there frozen, staring at the wall. All of a sudden, with an earthquake-like shudder, the pills flew out of my hand, and I collapsed to the floor, sobbing like a child. For the next 45 minutes, I lay on the floor, crying, trying to figure out what happened. Now friends, I don't want you to think that's the end of the story, but you see God's grace thankfully was operating there. He eventually went on a Rachel's Vineyard uh, healing program. Wow. And he became a leader in outreach to other men who have experienced abortion loss, educating himself to understand what happened to him. Right. But just wanted to share that because if you're a man who was powerless to stop an abortion, I want you to know that what you're feeling is natural and normal. It is a very dangerous place to be to stay there. Get help, reach out, don't be afraid. There's help and healing for you. One eight seven seven one 877 hope for, for me. me
1: Well, Kevin, like I said, this is a, a tough topic, but very important. And I really wanna thank you for joining us today. This is terrific. Thank you. Okay. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope you'll not let Jason's story just stay here. Spread that story, talk about it, because you might know of a dad who is home alone, suffering right now because of a pregnancy loss, because of an abortion. Uh, Maybe you don't even know that there is an abortion involved uh, because they've never told you. But if you see someone that's alone and depressed or angry, think of what Kevin has shared with us today and know that that hotline number, you can reach out. Even you could call. If you're not the person who needs the help but you know someone who does, you can call and they'll give you advice on how you can help the member of your family, or a friend. Remember, there are some lives only you're gonna be able to impact, and therefore some lives you can only give that hope to. It's up to you. Well, I hope you have a happy and blessed new year. Thank you for joining us. And again, this is Janet Morena, Executive Director of Breeze for Life. Let's look forward to a clean book now God gives us in the new year, to write in this book, Fresh Start. Fresh Start for everyone. See you next year. God bless.